Happy New Year. It's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed, and it's 9 o'clock. So Wednesday, January 1st, it's our first episode of the new year, and here we are. I hope you've had a great holiday season. I hope your New Year's was lots of fun, and I hope you're celebrating with your three cheers of joy. So, as I am. So tonight, I'm having... um. Prosecco by Cupcake Cellars, and um, you know I love the bubbly. I do drink it probably. I do celebrate a little bit more than I should, I guess. I don't know, but this is what my celebratory drink tonight. That and I have a tiny shot of tequila, Corzo tequila, in a custom shot glass by Valerie Tucker Williams. It says Joy. On one side, live, love, enjoy on the other, hashtag. So uh, Valerie made these for me along with the pimp glass I had a little while ago. So tonight I'm celebrating my three cheers of joy. So happy new year, and here we go. So first thing I have to say is I'm very grateful that the new year, the new year day, today, New Year's Eve, yesterday, they weren't as emotional as my Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. <laughs> so <laughs> if you guys watched the episode from last week, you know that I really had a tough time with the idea of being grown up um, with my adult children and children making their um, and children making decisions to do something on their own. My children being old enough to make decisions on their own. So I struggled with that, trying to figure out what the holidays are supposed to look like without squeezing them into a little box, right? So had a great New Year's Eve. I had a, the all day was great. All day today was great. And I must have partied way more than I thought I did last night because I've literally been um, chilling all day. So cheers, of course, first cheer of joy to an awesome New Year's Eve and a welcoming 2020. So cheers to that. Mm, that's my first cheer of joy. The second cheer of joy is, guess who made dinner today? <laughs> I mean, not the traditional black eyed peas and collard greens, not that kind of thing. I've never really been in that moment, even when my mom did, it didn't matter to me that she did it or not. You know, she had her reasons and customs and I understand this, the ideals uh, are steeped in tradition, but yeah. Well, I just made, first of all, we had, um, I cooked some sausage for breakfast. Damn, I cooked twice today. I cooked sausage this morning for breakfast that we um, had my grandbaby. Uh, it was on Grammy duty. And then we had chicken nuggets from McDonald's later in the day. And then tonight I cooked some yellow rice and some chicken sausage and meatballs just because I couldn't get my Instacart to deliver it till tomorrow. <laughs> So I had to figure out something to cook in the house or order out again. And we went and had an amazing dinner last night. So, and that's expensive. If you guys know you eat out all the time, that gets really expensive. So I was trying to avoid that. So cheers to, you guys know how much I issue cooking. Cheers to cooking. So cheers to that. I don't even know which one I'm going to drink. Let's do the champagne to that. So second cheer of joy. Um, I made dinner today. My third cheer of joy is that um, I had the opportunity to spend it with um, my grandbaby, to spend the day with my grandbaby. My daughter worked, my son-in-law worked. So 
Ariel got to hang out with Grammy today. Now, you guys know I'm really active. I do a lot of stuff all the time. So we had her little butt up early and moving it this morning. And we came in from the playground and our little walk and she ate some chicken nuggets. And next thing you know, she was laying on the floor like, I'm tired. And that was it. She had to go take a nap. So was really pleased about having the opportunity to spend time with her. And it pushes me to a new level of understanding that I am kind of complacent in my alone time, in my grown-up shit. So when I have to be with my grandbaby or when I'm with my grandbaby and having to chat with her and listen to her questions and make her connections to information, it makes me realize how grateful I am to have the opportunity to do that. So my third year of joy. So the first year of joy was, oh, let me drink to that. Cheers to that. The first was 2020. Happy New Year was better than Christmas Day. And the second year of joy was I cooked. And the third year of joy is I hung out with my grandbaby. So that's my three celebrations for today. So, you know, you know, welcome. Welcome to 2020. It's going to be great, right? All, everybody's going to do new stuff. You're getting rid of people. You, all this great stuff. You know, you're going to be different. You're going to be better. And, uh, oh, yeah, oh, <laughs> you're going to be better, you know, so good for you. And um, and uh, so good. But you know what I didn't notice today? I was just thrown off by a comment on the, um, somebody made, Chris made, Chris said I had a hamburger helper. I don't, well, I don't even know what that is, I don't think. But no, I didn't make hamburger helper. So that just kind of threw me off. Anyway, so um, I haven't seen anybody making any resolutions. No one's been saying what they're going to do different. More of protecting their space and kind of self-preservation, which was kind of cool because that says a lot of people are now aware that you have to really keep yourself space and, you know, keep keep moving around people, you know, like keep the negative out and people from dictating how you move, which brings me to my new series aired today, uh, started airing today on Facebook. I mean, on YouTube, six o'clock this morning, it's called Healthy Me, Healthy You, 10 Days Closer To. And you'll see with each ad, it's a countdown as you get closer to the healthy you, healthy me, healthy you, right? So there's a countdown. Today, we talked about forgiveness. We've talked about that before on Joy Exposed, and then tomorrow is forgiving self. So kind of the flip side of it, like you forgive people for treating you like crap, and then how do you forgive yourself when you treat yourself like crap? And we tend to look over that part. We tend to think that nobody knows or it's okay, and we don't get through the thought process of it, and we don't forgive ourselves for being mistreat for mistreating us and throwing us off track. So that's what we'll talk about tomorrow. So that's kind of cool. I'm really excited about it. Um, I haven't done um, each Joy Exposed. I load, I upload to YouTube after I do it. But I haven't put out a series in like two years, maybe three years. I did one called Love, Passion, Happiness. That's when I talked about depression and loving and you know, nooks and crannies and making the most out of situations. So I talked about that. Uh, that's been a couple years ago, but I did that one every week. This one, I'm doing 10 episodes ten in a row. So the first one was today. Tomorrow is number two, then number three. So we're going to go all the way through January 10th, and we're going to do um, 
just about nine or 10 minutes of things that are important that I believe to be important to me and to people kind of keeping us in track. So very excited about that. So, and for you who subscribed, I appreciate you subscribing to the YouTube uh, channel. And if you have been watching, if you've watched the video today, I really appreciate that. I've gotten some great comments on it. I've gotten um, people to contact me and ask me questions about my thought process on it. And I even had someone inquire if I were okay. They kind of thought that maybe I was going through something or that uh, maybe I needed some help with something. And I just kind of explained that I'm fine. I just wanted to share my ideas of what forgiveness meant and how to forgive and kind of the misconception of what it means to forgive to me, right? I wanted to just share it with others to see if maybe it could help them because I know that a lot of us struggle with the idea of forgiving somebody or treating us like crap. So um, yeah, so that was, you know, it's pretty good. I um, had my Faceless Love watched it and I asked him and he said it was good. He, I, You know what? He always says something is good. If I ask him about it, he's like, babe, it's good. It's good information. And he listens to every podcast whatever I put on YouTube, he's reading what I'm writing. And I just go to him for reassurance. Like, what do you think? What do you think? How's it look? How's it sound? Da, 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 da. So I'm constantly going to him on that. And, and um, I trust that he is um, being honest when he tells me, right, that he thought it was good information or if he asked questions about stuff, you know, it, some stuff he's like, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. But otherwise, it's, you know, it's good. So, you know, he watched it. And I think I had more than um. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Stephanie said it was great. Uh, hi, Kimberly. So I think that I have almost 60, 70 views on it. And I got some new subscribers today. So, and, you know, if you don't, I know a lot of us do our own thing, you know, have our own business. We're trying to make that thing work. But man, if you don't know how, um, if you don't, it's so much that goes into trying to make your business work, like trying to figure out how to use it. Like, so, um, this is a big deal to me. Every time I figure something else out or I step into a new arena, um, it definitely throws me off. So, uh, thank you guys so much. So let's talk about. Let me see, I don't even know if I have a Facebook post of the week. I didn't really spend any time um, selecting anything. I did have an awfully good time last night. I've met some really cool people. We went to um, Faceless Love and I went to dinner at this steakhouse called the Cattle House. Cattle. It's a big deal in Lakeland. It's a steakhouse. The uh, we went there for dinner, and that was kind of cool. The weather was nice here, and um, we were able to sit outside on their lanai and have dinner. So we had a good time there. We had yummy steaks. Oh, Texas Cattle Company. That's what it's called, Texas Cattle Company. So we went there, and that was pretty good. And then we left there, and we crashed somebody's wedding. Somebody was getting married on the lake, and we walked through there and kind of eyed some of their things and then we walked on to uh the square and went to um the lakeland loft where we were going to go have cigars and cocktails and bring in the new year there because they had a new year's eve party just you know really just a good crowd of people and 
It felt good. We managed to secure two amazing seats right outside on the balcony. So we sat out on the balcony and we met people out there. And, you know, it's so funny because when you go out with no intention of meeting people and you start meeting people and you listen to their stories and you can see where they are in their walk and their you know, they're just trying to figure it out. And I had the opportunity to meet two ladies last night and a couple men too, but you know, the ladies, we, we were the ones that were talking mostly. And that was really good just to see them. And one lady said she had been married for 25 years and she was getting a divorce. And you could kind of see in her energy that she was, you know, trying to get out there. It's a really a unique kind of experience because you think about this energy, it's like being bottled up for so long and then all of a sudden you're just ready to explode and she and you could see that in her energy. So that was really cool. Then it was another lady who was uh, Dominican and she travels a lot by herself. So she and I talked for a bit and you could tell that she traveled a lot because she was open to accents and regions of where people were from and just meeting people and you know it's almost really that was very cool and they were you know i think one the other one was dominican and the other one may have been mexican but you know we kind of sat and talked for most of the evening we exchanged information so that was i enjoyed that a lot and you know faceless love was there and we know we talked and smoked cigars and laughed and you know we just did our regular things we have a great time and so when we were leaving, I was like, <laughs> one thing I've said before is that he and I walk, a, we walk a lot. Like, we can leave the house and be gone all day walking. Like, we can 20, 22, 23,000 steps a day. Like, we just go. That's kind of a part of our relationship that I think we both figured out works for us, right? That you know, and I used to try to, I would get dressed and put on heels. And then I realized that kind of me having heels on kind of got in the way of our movements. And I started, um, you know, then I'd still put on a dress, but I'd wear sneakers. I kind of started investing a little more in my sneakers, you know, make sure my feet were being taken care of. Cause I never really walked socially that much. I could go exercise and be done with it, but just to go and walk all day. So we had to really, um, we have a really good time doing that. So we left the house going for New Year's Eve walking. And then once we got ready to leave, we had both been drinking and we we're a little tipsy. And I'm like, we walking back? And he was like, nah, <clears throat> let's get an Uber. So I was like, okay. So we were trying to figure out what we were going to eat. Think it's was going to try to go to Crystal's. Neither one of us had gone to Crystal's in years. So we were like, we're going to go to Crystal. We're going to get an Uber. We're going to Crystal's go home. Well, I pull up the Uber app and there are no cars available. <laughs> this is like two in the morning. We couldn't get an Uber and we couldn't get a lift. And we ended up walking back like over this. And then, to, but when you look back on it, it's crazy. Cause we're like toasted. Cause we've been New Year's drinking champagne and he was drinking bourbon. I had some tequila and we walk back. We come like back behind so we, you have to, from Lakeland to know, but, you know, you come down by the lake and then you walk over this hill, over the railroad tracks, which is between the Amtrak station and the police department. So we were literally walking in the complete darkness because it's not houses and stuff back there. It's nothing. So we walked back there. And then um, at some point we decided we would um, 
Grubhub uh, steak and shake. Because <laughs> we knew once we got to the house, we wouldn't be walking to find any food. So we Grubhub steak and shake and they got here like 15 minutes after us. I swear I ate my burger with my eyes closed. Like I could barely even remember eating it. And then we both crashed out. So it was just kind of fun because he and I have such a good time together. Like there's no, no one's going to be mad. Like there's not a, I'm not walking home and I, and I, you know, it's like this whining thing and it's complaining or I'm not doing that. And it's never that. It's just like, let's do it. Let's do it. And uh, I used to think that he was teasing me or he wasn't serious when he used to always tell me, whatever you want, whatever you want, you know, that kind of thing, whatever you want. And I would, I would be like, yeah, nobody says that. It means it. And here we are like still three years later. And he's like, whatever you want, you know? So we really have a good opportunity, a good connection at this opportunity for a relationship. So I hope I don't fuck up. Y'all know that's what I say. Just don't fuck up. So I'm desperately trying to be good. Um, not just not even to be good to him, be good to me. Like, how do I be my best self so that I can be good to try to be in a relationship? Because I haven't been in a relationship in a while before this one. So, you know, I've been in some that failed. So that kind of makes you stutter step. Like, maybe I'm not doing this shit right. Maybe I need to reevaluate what I think. So um, but yeah, so this is our second New Year's bringing in together. Last year we went to a party, a private party uh, in Atlanta. And then, you know, we were in Lakeland this time. So it was kind of fun. I had a good time. He's, he is hella fun. He is, I call him fun on the brain because man, 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 we have a good time. Just the freedom of it. And I, maybe, and this may be regular shit for everybody. This wasn't regular for me. This isn't regular for me. This is a big deal. And um, today, so we had REL. We hung out. And then she went to sleep. I went to sleep. He went to sleep. She got up. I got up. My daughter came home. Kind of laid around just all day, just kind of chilling. Because I must have been really tired or very tipsy. And then I started drinking champagne about... We actually walked to the store today with Ariel and we got a, bottle, a couple bottles of champagne. That's how I ended up drinking it tonight. So when we got back and uh, I start, I guess I started drinking champagne maybe about three. Just a little glasses and just sipping. I laid around some more. I slept some more. Then I decided I should probably cook something. <clears throat> you know, that's that. But anyway, so Happy New Year and I am here. Here, here, here. So let's see what we have for a, oh, you know what? I don't have a, oh, I want to talk about that too. This isn't a Facebook post of the week. Um, let me see. Let me see. Yeah. No, I don't think I have a Facebook post of the week, but a couple things happened that I did not expect to happen. Um. Oh, let's see. Maybe this is it. Oh, so on today is Wednesday. So on Tuesday, yeah, on New Year's Eve, we got up and uh, we went walking on New Year's Eve. Was that New Year's Eve or Monday when we went to the, I think it was, um, 
Monday. Oh yeah, yeah. It was Monday. We went walking to um Andrew Lloyd Wright. He's in architecture. Is his name Andrew? That's not his name. Frank. Frank Lloyd Wright. I always confuse him with Andrew Lloyd Weber because they have three names. Frank Lloyd Wright is an architecture. Architect. He was an architect. He's dead now. But he designed, he built like a whole college here in Lakeland. Beautiful campus. Now, I heard of it because, you know, I'm like I always say, I'm always learning something. So I knew that he had buildings in this area. And, but I didn't spend any time there looking. It's called Florida Southern College. So Monday, we decided to get up to go um, walking. And uh, I suggested we're going to go by the library and work for a couple hours because you got I, I had work to do. So we both went to sit up and we worked for like two hours. And then we walked over to the campus and did a tour of his buildings. Oh, my good Lord the details in these buildings. So I'm just telling you guys this to say, even in your cities, the stuff, um, the stuff that you see all the time. Uh, oh, just a second. This is a uh, cupcake sellers Prosecco, Kimberly. So it's my cupcake sellers. It's a Prosecco. Um, even the stuff that you see in your cities all the time, if you spend some time kind of going and exploring the history of it. What an amazing date. And I'm an egghead, y'all. I say that, y'all know that I'm an egghead. So when I suggested that we go um, to Faceless Love, you know, he was like, all right, like you, what, whatever you want, whatever you want. And he, we went and we walked building to building and read the tutorials and got, went inside and explored this. And man, we had a good time. And I would suggest that, any person watching this, if you're remotely dating somebody or you enjoy spending time with somebody, find a walking tour that you can do in the area in which you live and you will have a good time. Because you never think about like, I mean, I think one of the things I kept thinking is he believed in his shit so much. He built a whole college with just his stuff. And I'm struggling trying to not believing in myself as a writer, but getting other people to believe in my, me as a writer and buying my books and listening to my words and growing from my words. I struggle with that. But what I figured is that, what I figured is that it's less about what other people think about your craft than what you think about your craft. And I was literally walking around the campus thinking this man was so sure of what he was doing and he was so passionate about it that he literally built a campus with just his buildings on it and man, we went into some chapels and i stood like at the pulpit in this chapels and and the acoustics were so great and i i speak loudly anyway and I, part of that is because i don't hear well but i speak loudly anyway so i was standing at the pulpit and i'm like good afternoon this is jocelyn wells and Da, da 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 and it sounds so clear like i was talking through a microphone like it was man so anyway that's at florida southern college it's in lakeland florida and it was frank lloyd yeah frank lloyd wright's um buildings and ooh, he did like 
it's just so much in there. But anyway, I'll post the pictures, a couple of pictures actually, so you can kind of see. And you can Google it, but I already know one um, book, a coffee table book that I want to buy, and it's about his chapels because they were or they are divine, right? They are absolutely divine. So um, anywhere that you are, I know one of the places I want to visit. And I see my brother on here is Barry College in Rome, Georgia. I know that I w I've always wanted to visit Barry. I did some research on that a few years ago, but just to go and walk the campus and get some history of why it is and the buildings, man, I can't, I would love to do that too. So, but anyway, that was just kind of something that we did that was off the cuff, which was fun. So I do have um, podcasts available. Um, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and these are uploaded on um, YouTube every week. So yeah, that is available. Thank you very much for reminding me to say that. It's from my cousin, Greg. Thank you. All right. So I really don't, I, I guess my, um, <laughs> I, am not, I can't decide if I'm going to talk about that or not. Okay. So someone posted a picture of them in my book. And they were saying, you should read this book. It's hot. And then someone in that posted current situation. Marisa posted current situation in the book. And she had my book up on her iPad. And I felt so good because I was like, oh, my God, there's two people right now in this moment that are have my book at their fingertips and they're reading it and they're talking about it so good so i felt really pleased with that those are those types of things warm my heart and it just makes me feel so good to know that people are reading and they're enjoying and so the i just put out the third virtues about two months ago, not even two months ago maybe a month ago if that so the third set of virtues are out and i was literally saying and i have to go back and read them because remember i told you guys when i'm writing this stuff i'm writing i go back and read them and then i go to the editor they come back i'll read them again i read them out loud i'm trying to get them ready for audible i go through and i'll do all of this but i i'm still so overwhelmed by my words because i can't believe that oh my god i was thinking in that space and to be able to achieve that level of eroticism every time it gets me because i could be reading something and be like oh be smoking hot like oh my gosh so i'm really pleased that that exists in me and to know that that amount of passion like i've able i've been able to connect with that level of passion within myself and not just the sexual passion but about living about life and and, and we talked i talked about this a while ago um maybe three weeks ago i talked about maslow's hierarchy of needs and at the bottom was like food uh sex and i would have to look at it to go into the details but i feel like i've always wanted to achieve that level of um, self-actualization self where I could kind of ebb and flow effortlessly and just kind of see where people are and see myself in relation to them without existing at the bottom rung, right? I never want it to be the bottom. I never want it to be 
to just exist. That's never been my personality. It's still not. Like, I don't want to be a writer. I want to be the best writer. I want to grow and develop. And, like, I'm, I'm very, I very, I have to sometimes scale back my thoughts about what's going to happen. And that's one of the things that Faceless Love is good, good for for me because I'm like, I feel like if I have an event, I'm walking into a coliseum with like 80,000 people. That's what I see. And because I can see it means it's coming. I'm just not there yet. I have to keep working to get to that because I'm given the gift, the vision to see it. That means it's in the scope of what I can do. So I'm really, that pleases me, but I come up with these grandiose ideas and it's almost like, that's what I'm working for. And, you know, people have a hard time understanding that, but I'm working, I want greatness. I'm like, I, I, I'll, I just very, I doubt very um, seriously that God chose me to be here to be regular or to be mediocre, especially when it comes to uh, giving a, giving his gift, delivering the gift that he's given me to the masses. If he's given me something and I've got to share it, then I'm sure he doesn't want me to be like, oh, just be regular about it. He wants me to be great. And it's, as long as I can see these amazing ideas, and a lot of stuff I can't see, but when I can see these amazing ideas, it just means it's coming. I have to keep moving. That means if I'm moving in the direction I'm supposed to be doing and doing what I'm supposed to do, and I see this grandiose things, that means I'm moving in the right direction. That means it, right? It's like, welcome to California. You know, Cal California, 6,251 miles away. But as long as I'm going in the direction, I'm going to see California, right? So that's how I kind of think of it. And I, I work really hard to do that. So what was talking about the, um, passion of existing like and people would a lot of people even my dad and I had a conversation one of his concerns was his he was concerned that men would look at me on my podcast and with my shoulders out and they're looking at me sexually so his is like well there's he's got he had problems with it and I was like Dad, I understand that, but I'm 50. So if somebody, somebody's been looking at me sexually since I was a 12, 13, that's not new for me. What's new for me is that I don't exist in a basic existence of me. I determine how somebody makes use of me. I, it doesn't matter to me. I determine if somebody can make ill use of me or not. If that's what their intention is, that's on them. But whether it goes through or not, that's on me so he and I had to have this whole conversation about it because I'm like that's not I'm not impressed by some of the crap that people say or what they're trying to offer or what they want to do and that they want to do this and hey beautiful and I'm, I'm like that's not impressive to me so but I had to get to a place of understanding that I existed above at a different level right, than that basic level of sex. And a lot of people do exist in that, right? Their greed, their sex, they can't get beyond whatever that poor 
a spontaneous impulse that they're thriving on, they're yet to grow. And I have been fortunate enough to get beyond that. So that makes me very happy. And I remember talking to people before, to men before, and they're asking questions. And men, you know, even it doesn't matter what your conversation is about with a man. It could be about the weather. And it's probably two sentences, two questions. They're going to turn it to something sexual. For women, when you're younger and seeking you kind of go along with that line of conversation because you feel like this could be a good man. His words are already telling you that his intention is something sexual with you. Very basic, right? Very basic. So, but we, you have to get through that to grow through that, to understand it. But I remember telling a man one time, okay, well, that sounds good, but I know for sure that you aren't prepared to go where I'm prepared to go sexually. Like you aren't even equipped to go where, oh, I get out of I'm like, no, mentally, emotionally, you aren't in a place of comfort enough with yourself to surrender in that space, to trust that you're okay in that space. But that was me growing. I mean, that was like, literally, I talk about growing all the time and I, Mm, I can't even, I, it, it's a big deal because when you, the more you know, the more you grow. I love that. I think I'm going to start using that as a tagline somewhere because I believe it. Um, and so, you know, people want to, people want to think that, oh, oh, I can, I'll fuck you good or I can do this. I can, you're like, whatever and say that shit, save that shit for somebody who's in a space of understanding that that sounds good. It doesn't sound good and it will be empty. Whether it's pleasurable in that 15, 20 minutes or not, once it's over, it's over. And there's nothing that you can take beyond that. And that, I'll talk about a little bit of that tomorrow in my forgiving self video. How do you get how do you get beyond your basic carnal desires? Your basic desire, even if you're maybe it's not carnal, maybe it's gambling. Maybe it's collecting weird shit like who knows people have so many vices but for eating gluttony right we have so many vices but because of the flesh is provides this immediate gratification we tend to go with the flesh first we tend to delve into that and so that was my issue the flesh and it wasn't even an issue like it was yeah it was bad i can't even say it wasn't an issue because i was thinking that i was getting something comfort from um having sex because i was seeking intimacy or i was seeking something lasting beyond that and i wasn't it wasn't anything that was coming you know it's it, it's really temporary and you have to you have to think about what do you do to you have to think about what do you do to get beyond the moments of the flesh and we love, I mean, hell, I love it. I Hands down, I love, I love to make love. Love it. I love to, as much stuff as I've learned or read about or thought about, I love all of it. But when that, me, me having ideas of what greatness is and then settling for somebody's mediocrity isn't helping me experience the level of greatness that I see, right? So we have to really just kind of keep an eye out for that kind of thing. So, you know, it was just a little something I wanted to share about seeing my book on the timeline. I guess that would be my um, 
Facebook post of the week was seeing my book and then somebody else commenting with my book. So I was really pleased about that. So two things I'm going to talk about. Um, it's 936 already. So the first thing is, oh, I got to sneeze. Hold on just a second. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. Thank you. So the first thing is I got a message from somebody today asking me if I was naked in one of my pictures. Right. So I was like, what? And they were like, this picture where you're naked. And I was like, oh, I might have been. And they were like, you might have been. You don't know. I'm like, well, I don't I'm comfortable with myself as I am. So I don't make a pointed effort to be like, oh, I was naked this day. And I could be naked every day. And I said, the reason I take the pictures and the selfies, whether I have on a halter top or I don't have on any clothes at all, I take them. I said, because my audience understands that my show, Joy Exposed, what I offer, transparency and honesty. And I say, when Joy is exposed, everything just feels better, that I like to present myself in this transparent space, right? I don't want for people to think I'm saying you unveil yourself or you be comfortable in your natural self when I'm not comfort comfortable in my own. So I'm very comfortable that way. And it, it took a lot for me to get to that, to not look at me look at other people and think i wish that i was more beautiful or i wish that i looked like them or i wish that i had their hair or i wish that i had their oomph you know and i spent years feeling inadequate and the only reason i was feeling inadequate it was i was comparing myself to something that had nothing to do with me you know i go back to the same thing i was chosen god chose me i'm here so if, if this isn't excellence, each one of us, because we were chosen, if we aren't excellence, then what are we going to tell him? Oh, you chose me, but I'm not great. I'm not excellent. I'm not, you know, yeah, no. So I just, that's something I make it a point to do. I don't want to wear any makeup. I don't want to wear hair weaves. I don't want to, I, I, this is me. Wake up, I wake up like this. I clean my face. I don't do anything extensive to it. I clean it and brush my teeth and use my water pick to get between my teeth to try to hang on to them. And I try to drink enough water so my eyes stay white and my skin stays firm, you know, so just those types of things. But, you know, I had to accept myself and, you know, I have people all the time like, oh, you know, you should let me put makeup on you or you should, you would look so good with this or you. And I'm like, Child, please. <laughs> First of all, I'm probably going to rub my eye. So whatever that is, is messed up. You guys know I'm having me a good time when I put on me some darn um, lipstick. I think I'm doing it up. But uh, I really just make it a point to be in my own space of understanding that I was chosen to be here on this earth, to grace this earth for the lifetime that I have. And I'm going to make the most of it. <clears throat> I'm not spending a minute, a single minute questioning why I was chosen. I'm spending all of my minutes seeking the answer or seeking the reason. So whatever, you know, this is, this is the way it is. And this is the way God works. It's the way universe works. We all have a purpose. We all have to contribute to giving back and, you know, paying for being here, right? What's our homage? Like, how do we get through? So that was um, a really interesting conversation to me. And he even, the guy even said, well, I'm, you know, I, 
I'm spending a lot of time, you know, pretty much naked or nudist too. And I was like, well, good for you. You know, I don't, I don't, there's nothing taboo to me about it. I'm like, great. You know, and there's clubs out there for it. So we have to just make sure that we're comfortable with who we are and comfortable with protecting who we are because we have a greater good. Um, we have a job to do. We have a purpose. So, so I thought that was kind of, you know, interesting. And people ask a lot of questions and I'm open to the questions they ask. I'm just not open to like somebody. I'm not open to somebody putting their bullshit on me. And I, but that comes from the way that I deal with the question that's answered. If I'm open and allow it to go into this weird yucky space, then undoubtedly it will go into the weird yucky space. And I'm not interested in that. So anyway, that's that. Okay. So the other thing is, um, I kind of got caught up in a conversation today. I kind of got a piece of it. And I may have to spend some more time on this, but I know that women, people struggle with this all the time. So I'm going to take a few minutes to talk about it now to see if you guys have experienced this or if you um, are experiencing this. So the conversation was about this woman talking about her loving this man, she, had, she was going to break up with him, but she loved him. And she knew that he didn't feel about her the way she felt about him. And she knew that he, he's been very clear about he would never feel that way, but she wants to be the woman that he wants, right? So she was just saying, I can't go through this year um, in this and, uh, I'm going to have to take a stand. So the lady, other ladies were saying, oh my God, I'm in the same thing right now. And you know, what, what are you going to do about this? And, and I was reading the comments and I thought, wow, this is a real place. Like I've been in that real place. Like I've been in that place, but that's a real place to be in. And people are struggling in that space of existing and i wanted to take a couple of minutes to tell you guys whether it's work or relationships whatever i wanted to talk about it from the perspective of who you are and the person you want to receive or even if it's somebody who you're taking from and you don't want anything more than what you're getting you're still setting the boundaries but you're still um sullying the lines of what it should be so First of all, we have to remember that the only way that we can find peace and understanding acceptance in a situation is if the person or situation is capable of who we are, right? And I struggle with this in jobs, right? In jobs, though professional relationships and personal relationships. I feel like I can be good at so many things that People have to receive what I'm giving and accommodate me, right? I feel like I can do all of it. I'm going to be so good at this that you don't have a choice but to take it. I'm going to be so good at loving you that you don't have a choice but to take it. Uh, but the truth of the matter is there's always a choice. And it's not as easy as just saying I'm not going to take it. What the person doesn't understand and what you I didn't understand is that the person in the situation weren't capable of me. They weren't capable of everything that I have to offer. Think about that. There's a system of energy flow in the universe that has nothing to do with us. 
It's just here. I don't care how you want to bottle it up. If the container or the situation isn't capable of everything that you're bringing, then it's a, it's not going to happen. So I was thinking when I was talking to the ladies um, a little bit in there saying, if you can get beyond that, first of all, forget how the person sees you. The first thing is, how do you see yourself? Because if you're great and you're trying to force yourself in somebody else's box, you're taking away from the greatness that you have and from your purpose of being here, right? So we have to pay attention to that. Everything about us has to do with the universe, not necessarily with another person. So you think of like this, when you have an ocean and lakes and streams, right? They flow into each other in rivers. Like you got this water flow of system on the earth that some of it, man, when mankind comes in, man, you know, man-made and they come in and switch it up and change the flow, it messes up the ecosystem in that area. You ain't having any fish growing, you don't have any plant life. It takes some time for it to build up, right? But if you think about the amount of water that's in an ocean, imagine you're the ocean and you flow into all these different places. But because you have found a river in which to flow, you want that river to receive everything that you have. That's not possible. The river is only gonna do river shit. The river can't do ocean shit. But we want we want to make somebody take all of us. The river was designed to be a river. So as a woman who's capable of loving in a massive, I think, amazing way, I'm going to force somebody to take the loving that I have because I think I can help them. I can help them get to another place. I can fix them. I can show them the way. I can This, all the stuff that I see, I'm already saying that I'm capable of seeing more than they can see. So what makes me think that they're going to be okay with being in a relationship with me if they can't even see the shit I see? Right? How do you think that even happens? So we have to really, we have all been in it. I've talked about it. My face was love and he's talked about it. He's been in relationships like that where you, you feel like you can help somebody or that you're helping them and you're, we're really not, we're not helping and they're not, they can't do anything to accommodate the goodness. Now the river is important. The river has its own important duty, so it's not to diminish the importance of a river. All I'm saying is the river can't accommodate the ocean. That's it. The river can't accommodate everything the ocean has as the ocean has it. So when we start thinking about being in these relationships and sharing intimately with people, and now the river will take the river will take from the ocean, flow into me a little bit. I'm gonna take it. I'm going to keep taking, I'm going to keep taking. They'll keep taking it as you give it, but they're not going to be anything different and they're not going to have anything necessarily to offer you other than the flow out of information, just to a release of some information and a part of who you are. But that's it. You want them to turn around and give to you like you're giving to them. That's not how river works. River flow in one direction, right? It doesn't switch up to satisfy what's flowing into it. 
So that in itself gives you a one-sided sense of, a sense of how one-sided the relationship is. There are only two rivers in the whole world that flow from uh, south to north. Everything else is north to south, right? This is how it's set up. So you don't get to choose the way that the river flows. And that's how we have to think about in dealing with people. That's given me so much damn clarity on situations and relationships because I have to remember everybody isn't capable of what the hell I'm capable of. Men, women, so personal relationships, professional relationships. <coughs> but me forcing it damages me, not the person, because they're only going to be able to take what they can take. I'm the one that's stressing because they can't take more. That's on me. Right. So we create our own hell, our own existence, trying to get people to take us when they don't want us. And they can tell us, oh, I want a woman who this, or I want a man who this, or I want it. We go through people say that all the time. And if if a man tells a woman, oh, you know, I really would like a woman who wears uh her different kinds of wigs this woman have never may not have ever worn a wig before and she's gonna go out and buy one because he's giving her a guideline of some shit to do i want a woman who is this or you too independent somebody puts these blanket little labels on how you exist and women do it too i want a man who opened the door for me i want a man who surprise me with roses you put this stuff out here this the checklist for people to come and check off to show you that they that it don't mean anything because they're just checking off a list trying to please you or appease you and that's not how that works right we still find ourselves 